0: Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness.
1: Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm
0: Emily Hamill, a five-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant strong athlete. And I am recording this in Aiken, South Carolina, so I've had a change of venue.
1: And I am Tyler Held. I am a, I guess, semi-partially retired professional five-star groom, although I have some horse shows on the calendar for the year already, so still true. Um, I am a developing mental toughness coach and sports psychology uh, practitioner as I finish my doctorate in sports psychology, and I am a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I am recording from Pennsylvania, which is a very weird thing to say on January 12th. This is the first time in seven winters that I've spent it up north, so I'm learning what cold is.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask how long it's been, so seven years.
1: Seven years.
0: The... Shock to be back in the cold, huh?
1: A little bit, a little bit. Luckily, like I don't actually have to leave my house very much, so I've just kind of been choosing that option to just stay inside. But even yeah, like, I think that's a good option. But, like walk from my house to my car to go to the gym. I'm like wearing like six jackets, like <laughs> scarf, hat. I'm like I can't, uh, I can't do this. But
0: can't function in the cold. <laughs> no, I mean the real problem.
1: <sighs> but It's been fine. I'm sure eventually I'm going to get like, oh my god, like, I need to spend time outside. I'm stuck. I'm sick of being stuck inside. But like, it's such a change of pace from my life a few months ago that right now it's just kind of refreshing and fun.
0: Yeah, enjoy it It, while you can.
1: Until that hedonic adaptation sets in, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, anyway, I'm going to silence my cell phone because that just went off. But, um... Welcome to the show. So uh, first show of 2022, pretty exciting. Emily and I are very rarely going to be in the same space this year um, as she's down in Aiken right now and is planning on heading over to England for the better part of the year after. But um, we love doing the podcast for you guys and We love being able to produce it, so I think I figured some things out um, with the help of my boyfriend to get this recording quality up and keep it up so we can hear how Emily's doing in England and hear it well. Uh, This episode, we're going to kind of talk about the new year, new intentions. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know that we talk about goals a lot, Typically, we try to do our January episode as an intention goal setting take. Now that we have a new format, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about goals through the lens of our four pillars. So we're going to go through mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community and kind of talk about intentions through those.
0: And we're going to give you some personal anecdotes and um, hopefully some inspiration and actionable advice so you guys can get 2022 headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And like one thing about goals that it's pretty, I would say, standard pop culture info at this point. But I always like to remind people that effective goals are uh, smart goals. So we use this acronym SMART uh, S being specific, M being measurable, A being action-oriented, R realistic, T time-specific, and then we actually sometimes add a S to the end to add on that those goals are self-determined. So those goals are set by us for us, not by an external factor. So as we talk about goals through all of our segments Today, Just remember that trying to make a goal smart or smarts is going to make it a more effective goal in the long run.
0: I really like that addition of the last S. Mm -hmm. I think it's an important one.
1: Because so many goals are extrinsic goals, right? I want to do this so that someone else feels proud of me or so that I can get more attention on social media or, you know, even as simple as making your parents proud. Not to say that it's not normal to have motivations from external forces, but when you're setting your goal and your intention, that should be for you. So that's why adding this self-determined aspect is so powerful because it reminds you that your goals are for you. So on that note, Emily, why don't you jump into some of your goals for 2022 and tell everyone the word you've selected for the year as an intention setter?
0: Okay, so my word of the year is value. And I chose that uh, for multiple reasons, but mostly just to remember, like, to value what's important to me and also value myself value my time value my like knowledge. Um, and then using my time and knowledge, I want to create value for others as well. So trying to kind of make it not just about me, but like how I can use these things to serve others. Um, Yeah, so that's my year. Not my year. That's my word. For the year.
1: (laughs) It could be. Your year (laughs) is dedicated to providing value to others and yourself. So that is your year.
0: Yeah. Um, And then as far as goals, like, I I have to be honest, I didn't write down goals so much this year. Um, It was just, like, a weird year moving to Aiken. There's a lot going on. We can get into that at some point if we want, but... um, So I just, a couple things just kind of came to me and, um, you know, we've done in the past, like 19 goals for 2019 and 20 for 20, all of that. Well, we're, we're getting up there in numbers. So (laughs) I figured for the year of the twos, so 2022, that's a lot of twos, right? So I was like, well, maybe I can do, have kind of goals in the form of two. So, for example, I would like to complete two five-stars this year. So, in a perfect world, Badminton and Burley, those would be my two. Um, I also came up with this thing how I'm going to read two books at a time, Uh, one more for, like, pleasure and one for education. Uh, So... Like, that's kind of a small thing, but I thought it was easy to incorporate my year of the twos into that. And then I'm also trying to work on like two projects simultaneously. And uh, right now, currently, I'm working on my website, and then I'm also working on fundraising for England. So, those are my two things that my time is really going towards. Um, and then once I get done with those projects, I'll have to come up with two more. But that's just kind of something fun that I decided to to do for this year.
1: Well, I love it, Emily. And I feel like you're constantly working on yourself as a writer and Hamill eventing and then also taking a step back to, again, share that value with other people. And I feel like that kind of fits into the two products simultaneously, developing yourself and developing others, because you take lessons for yourself and you give lessons to other people and you go and consume podcasts as a way of bettering yourself. And you also produce a podcast to help others as well.
0: Wow. I love that you found another layer to
1: this. I'm a spotter for patterns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love it. What about you Tyler? What's your word?
1: So I decided to choose the word growth because I feel like this year is about growing. Not to say anything negative about the horse industry but my schedule in the past has not given me room to grow things to the extent that I want to grow them. So being able to take time to focus on my schoolwork, like, I am four semesters away from putting a bow on the doctorate. I will be doctor-held by the end of 2022. And that's a huge growth step to go from student to practitioner. And, uh, In jujitsu, the blue belt is very much a growth phase. At this point, I know a lot of the moves and it's about figuring out how I'm gonna use those moves in my competitive game. I'm hoping to grow as a competitor. I'm hoping to grow as someone who can take the knowledge that I learned in the horse industry and help others grow. So part of that's gonna be bringing up Uh, The groom that took over my spot at Jenny's and, you know, all the work through the whole equestrian as well. Just, And I think I didn't even think about it this way until you kind of said with value, your goal was to, you know, value yourself and others, but also to help grow others because that's literally the goal of sports psychology, right, is to help people grow their mindset, their skills, their abilities, and their achievements. So mine works twofold as well.
0: It is the year of the twos.
1: There you go. Um, But I did the year of 22. So I, I decided instead of making 22 goals for 2020, like you said, I thought that would maybe be... A bit of a stretch, I did some 22 themed goals. So uh, read 22 books, a far cry from the 52 I read in 2019. Definitely achievable, we will probably end up reading more than 22. But I think after I read those 52 books, I kind of got off track of, you know, f- finishing books, I would pick some up, not read them all the way through or oh I'm busy I'll just listen to audiobooks right now so getting back to reading and you know I've already read two and a half this year um so I'm above the pace nice but just have something concrete like that um and then uh work with 22 new sports psychology clients I think that's pretty achievable considering I'm gonna need 400 hours of mentored experience this year, something crazy like that. And, uh, I was going to limit my social media time to 22 minutes a day. Um, and it's, I actually found a way on my phone that will show you how much screen time you use. And, there's a setting that I can say, hey, when I'm reaching 22 minutes, tell me you've used your social media time up for the day. So that's been super helpful for that. Um, And there was a couple more, but I won't bore you with all my goals.
0: So asking about the social media, because I know that this can be like, um, a struggle for some people. Mm -hmm. How, Do you find yourself getting those notifications, like, hey, your time's up? Or have you just kind of naturally limited yourself and you're stopping yourself before you get the message?
1: I will say that the first week of the year, I was just really good. I had had set this intention, right? Um, Yeah. And then last week I got a bit sick, so I definitely saw myself reaching that time and, like, maybe ignoring it a few times just because I I was like, I'm sick. I have nothing else to do. Um, But it is something that, you know, to set limits, um, I'm not a rule breaker typically. And that's actually something that I want to talk about later on in the episode, but I'll brush on now knowing who you are as a person can really help define your goals, right? So for me, when it comes to a diet or nutrition, like, I like to have just a set of rules for the general nutrition plan that I'm going to follow, because I don't, I don't break rules, right? So if I can say, oh, I'm not going to eat X, Y, and Z, or I am going to eat This amount of something in a day, and I set that as a general rule for myself, then I won't break the rule. Whether and and that gets into being specific as well, right? Instead of just being like, I want to eat healthier. Um, so I do think that the screen time notification be like, okay, iPhone, I hear you. I'm not gonna do it.
0: Yeah, good. So I think that might be a really helpful tip for some people.
1: Yeah, and I can, um, I know not everyone's an iPhone user, but I can show uh, the steps to setting that boundary on the iPhone if you're interested in using that.
0: Sounds like a good plan. Well, you know what time it is, Tyler?
1: I think it's time for
0: books, books, books! books. books. That was- we're definitely better at that when we're in person, but...
1: I I don't know. I was going to say that was shockingly coordinated for being, like, a few states away from each other. Yeah,
0: that's true. It wasn't bad. You know, it shouldn't be so hard (laughs) on performance. But anyway, uh, so going along with my two theme, I'm going to talk about the two books that I'm reading. Uh, The first one, which is my more educational read, is The Plant-Based Athlete by Matt Fraser and Robert Cheek. And it is so educational like I have learned a ton from this book it's like the ultimate guide to plant-based living and a good reminder of why I chose this lifestyle and to go plant-based so
1: can I ask a question yeah is that Matt Fraser, the CrossFit athlete uh
0: I don't know but I think he I think he's a runner actually, but okay. maybe now he does CrossFit, but there,
1: um, there is a Matt yeah. Frazier in CrossFit that is like one of the fittest men on earth, but okay. I don't know if it's the same one.
0: I'm not sure. Hard to say, but I can, you know, get back to you. Okay. Uh, but in this book, it's great. Cause they really break down so much information. Um, they give you grocery lists, daily meal plans, recipes, and then there's like online bonuses um, that just make everything more manageable and less overwhelming. Because I know for me, when I went plant based, like there's at the beginning, I was like, I don't know what to eat, you know, and you're just trying to be so good that you like just don't know how to feed yourself, you know. Um, So, I wish that I would have, this book would have been out prior to me becoming plant based, but um, it's fine. I'm still getting a ton out of it. Uh, And just a couple hacks that they talk about in the book, because they really tell you how to optimize this way of eating. Um, And so, just some fun ones that I thought were useful um, is using food to bring out the best in other food, basically. So kind of marrying foods together to get the most nutrition out of it. Uh, And one that I found was interesting is turmeric and black pepper. If you use them together, it increases each other's anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. Um, So I use turmeric a lot, but like, I didn't really think to use that plus black pepper. You know what? I actually...
1: I did know that you were supposed to do them together, but I didn't know why. So that's interesting. And some people uh, give turmeric and black pepper to horses as a supplement, actually.
0: Oh, see, I didn't know that. And then another one that I found interesting um, is citrus helps the absorption of antioxidants in, like, green tea. So if you put, like, a squeeze of lemon in your green tea, that ups the effectiveness of the green tea. And also if you put citrus, like a citrus salad dressing on leafy greens, um, that helps with iron absorption. So I just thought, you know, like there's tons of these, these are just a few examples, but they were really like, wow, that is actionable advice. Like I can easily put that into play and get more out of my food. Um, And then, just another one, real quick, is they really break down the whole protein myth because that's the biggest question I feel like plant based people get is like, how do you get enough protein? And basically, they go into a lot of detail, but the short of it is if you're eating enough calories and a well rounded diet, you know, you're not just eating the same thing, like, if you're eating enough calories and you're getting a variety, getting it from a variety of sources, like, you will get enough protein. Protein is actually in everything. You know, it's in, it's higher in some things, but anyway, so they go into detail. I thought that was interesting. So if anybody was ever concerned about protein, um, you know, and that was holding you back from going plant-based, you know, that's a good... Thing to learn.
1: You'll have uh, to send that one my way, Emily. Um, I will. I had to lose some weight for a fight that I have this month and I thought that a easy, again, follow the rules way would to just be, um, plant-based for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. cause I knew I could eat more roughage and more, uh, nutrient dense food without making my calories go too high. Um, cause you know, obviously to lose weight, very simply you have to be in a calorie deficit um so I actually feel fantastic on it I think that Alec would divorce me if I went plant-based full-time but um I do think that like a predominantly plant-based life is something I'm going to toy around with this year um and maybe add some like you know good quality raised seafood in for the social aspect of it. But I want to say that maybe the biggest thing is dairy. Um, I actually just recently talked to a functional medicine doctor that um, said that if you have celiac disease, oftentimes dairy is a cross-reactive reactor for you. So, like, even though it's not gluten, it can trigger some of the same things in your body that gluten does and make you feel sick. Um, So I feel like if I do focus plant-based, even if I, you know, have some seafood or do, I, I'm feeling like I'm going to stay away from dairy, but I've actually got some blood work going on tomorrow. So we'll see what it says.
0: Cool. Well, I will pass the book along and I highly recommend it to anyone that is curious about eating more plants. So I'm just going to say worth the read awesome um and then just real quick the fun book that i'm reading is called sweet bitter by stephanie danler and it's just my easy read uh basically it's a a behind the scenes of this waitress at a high-end restaurant in new york city and it's just really interesting because like i've never been a server um i've had friends that do that and but like it's an interesting lifestyle it's kind of like the equestrian world but in a different way you know like it's like it's just a different way of life um so it's a fun read because obviously there's some drama and uh scandals and whatever but it's just i'm enjoying it so that's that
1: what about you well, first of all, I want to say that sounds like a page-turner, and I'd also like to read that one as well. Okay. Um But I, I just organized my bookshelf, and I'd like to say Emily is maybe changing you know we had an agreement that we were just going to talk about one book a month but now emily's like i'm gonna read two books and talk about both of those books um sorry w- which is fine but i'm only going to talk about my one which is unlocking potential by ben bergeron he's a pretty famous crossfit coach he's trained he actually trained matt fraser which is why i asked if that was the mm-hmm. crossfit guy because that would be like a funny a uh, small world thing.
0: Connected. Yeah.
1: But basically the book's uh subline is how great leaders get the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. And it's really interesting because the whole premise of the book is I was never a good leader. I have not been a natural leader and here are the lessons that I've learned along the way. And he really makes it very clear that you have to have mission, values, focus, and drill that into your employees and your culture of your organization, and then everything falls into place. It's kind of like like I was saying for nutrition – I'm just going to eat plant-based, and then when I go to a restaurant, it's very clear I'm going to go eat a healthy plant-based meal. It's not, oh, my God, should I have the salad or should I have the cheeseburger tonight? In the same way, it's like he creates people that are um, it's like hungry, people smart. There, There's like a couple things. Um, I'm butchering that right now. But his whole thing is... Making sure the big picture is clear so that the little things fall into place. And I think that's something that would be really helpful to equestrian operations. You know, I talk to young professionals in the industry and they say, I want to do things a certain way and I want to be this kind of leader, but I want things to get done and I don't want to micromanage. So being able to create a culture of this is how we pay attention to detail or horse care always comes first and those little principles that you live by so that every single thing that goes underneath it is just automatic
0: i love that i think we're gonna need to do a book swap
1: i know i did just promise that one to maxine but she can hand it off to you when you're done
0: okay perfect
1: (laughs) Um, also a random side note about books. I walked into our local library today and checked out some books and I don't know why I haven't done that before because like I said, my, my bookshelf is overflowing. I literally have books like shoved underneath the bookshelf at the bottom and I was like, okay, this is starting to be a problem. So if I do, uh, the library, what, what an amazing thing the library is. Yeah. And it's a free
0: resource, um, Mm -hmm. That just gets very underutilized, at least by
1: many people. Yes. I don't know. So. Without further ado, shall we get into mindset?
0: Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, uh, mindset. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, the biggest thing for my mindset is having a meditation practice Um, and you know a lot of people talk about wanting to add meditation in but just you know it's a matter of actually doing it fitting it in your schedule finding the time Um, some tips that could make this easier if this is something you might want to do is you could find a challenge to get you motivated like there's always challenges on um, different platforms you know like insight timer usually has uh, a new year meditation challenge you know like again giving yourself some structure might help you stay motivated and also um, going back to like the smart goals just kind of working through that and um I think the biggest thing would be the realistic part you know like how much time do you realistically have you know and if it's only five minutes then that's great you know you gotta start somewhere so uh yeah do you have anything else to to add to that one
1: I think you know we've said it on a another episode before but also to let go of your idea of what meditation is it doesn't necessarily need to be sitting on a pillow singing kumbaya right it's it can be mindful walk it can be mindful yoga it can be eating an apple mindfully it's taking a second to slow down your thoughts and breathe so You know, it can be an effective practice, but you have to make it effective for you in, hey, this made me feel calm. Some people will sit down and try to do formal meditation and end up feeling way more anxious afterwards because they felt like their mind was going monkey mind crazy and there's self judgment that's associated with that. And then, you know, it just doesn't feel good yeah um
0: that's what I got (laughs) what you got all right another thing um as far as mindset goes is just I don't know about you Tyler but the past like almost two years now have been a little stressful with like the whole COVID thing and just life is different um like it or not Uh, and it has definitely caused me some anxiety and, um, you know, it's not just all COVID, but just the stress that that puts on and changing everything. Uh, yeah. So for me, I, I've kind of always contemplated getting into therapy or like talking to someone, you know, I usually I'm I feel like I can solve most of my problems on my own. Um, But like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I should like talk about some things, you know, just to like have, have a place, a safe space to like say whatever I want with no judgment. And so I actually decided to start using betterhelp.com and I'm sure you guys have heard of that. It's just an online therapy platform where you can meet with a therapist, like, Uh, virtually so you can do audio calls or um, a video call uh, and then you can also message with them and I think if you are struggling with some mindset stuff like this might be a good step for you Um, and if you're interested we have a link that would get you a free week on betterhelp.com and we will make sure to include that In the show notes.
1: Yeah, and I think it's great that you are talking to someone. And I think it's amazing how obstacles are being removed to care because of COVID, right? Before, Mm -hmm. it's like, let's schedule an appointment. We have to drive somewhere. It's expensive. Uh, BetterHelp is relatively inexpensive compared to some other traditional forms of therapy. Uh, It's easy. The scheduling is completely, you know, open and available. It's not like it's difficult to find a time. And so I think that kind of goes along with the conversation that we want to have constantly about goals and removing obstacles, right? So a lot of times we don't have a habit, we don't have the inclination, or there's just other things that we want to do. So even though 99% of the time someone would say, oh yeah, I bet therapy would help or it would be nice to talk to someone. Only a small fraction of those people actually do follow through to get the help because it's just not in the grand scheme of life what is important and in their consciousness. Like, you know, listening to that, it's like, okay, yeah, and then you forget about it five minutes later. So, as Emily says here, like put it in your schedule, make a habit um, of both of these things, right? If we're talking about meditation, mindfulness, self care practices, taking time to ourselves, creating a mind gym, or using someone else, using a you know a therapist, a psychologist. There's all sorts of different terms for people that can provide you help. But try to make it easy to get that help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing, you know? Like, honestly, my therapist, she's more of, like, an accountability buddy. Like, a lot of things we've worked on is just prioritizing and, like... Um, she's helped me with some like goal setting things and being accountable about setting my schedules and making sure that I have time for what I want to do, you know, and giving me permission to like have some downtime. Cause it can be so easy to like get going, going, going in the horse world and then feel guilty if you want to take time for yourself. And so like almost just hearing someone else say like, you can do that, you know, is like, Helpful. So it doesn't have to be this big dark therapy session. I mean it can be if that's what you need or want, but you know, it's also um there's other aspects to it and you can kind of find what works for you.
1: Yeah, and so I would say to kind of wrap that up, if you want to set a goal related to your mindset, if you want to work with someone, if you want to meditate, if you want to have mental reps in your mind, Jim. Think about everything Emily and I just said. Think about what access will be right for you, what venue will be right for you, and then go back to that SMARTS acronym and set a SMART goal related to one of those things. We're leaving these all a bit open, um, right? Our next pillar is fitness. I'm not gonna tell you a prescription workout plan because everybody is different. And so we're just going to kind of give you these general concepts that you then take back, put a pen and paper with that SMARTS acronym. Is this goal achievable? Like, can I do this? What time frame? And then go from there, like grow from there.
0: Yes. So moving on to fitness, I think it's really important to be honest about your current situation. Like what is your current fitness level and come to that with no judgment like you it could be very easy to be like oh god I'm like not as fit as I want to be like I just am lazy and then you know like you're spiraling out of control that way just come to it like where are you at and again there's no shame in wherever you're at because you're thinking about it because you want to get better right you want to grow but you do have to have that understanding of where you're starting from
1: And like another principle of making sure you set yourself up for success is like being realistic. How much time do you actually have to commit to adding something else into your routine? Is it going to be, okay, I'm going to buy this yoga membership that's three times a week and that is just easy and straightforward for me. I'm going to go to it. Or am I going to have to work out at home? And what sorts of incentives can you set for yourself, right? So if you can set up cues or stimulus, like have a reminder in your phone, have an accountability friend, laying out workout clothes the night before, these are all the things that are going to help you have access to your goals. And You know, you could be, if you're someone that goes after work and watches TV for three or four hours before bed, make it a rule. I don't watch TV until I get my 20-minute workout in. And that way you have the reward at the end with a behavior that you were going to do anyway, but you've implemented this desired behavior in there so that you can move the needle in the direction towards the person that you want to be. And that's what setting goals is all about for me. It's, it's moving the needle just a little bit every day.
0: Love that and as we mentioned at the top of the episode you want to make sure that you know you understand is this an intrinsic or an extrinsic goal like are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for other people and you know if you want if you're going to the gym and you're wanting to get fit because you want to look hot in a bikini You know, that's very different than doing it because you want to feel healthier. Uh, You know, it can be a little bit of both. Like, it's who doesn't want to look hot in a bikini? But to make a lasting change, you know, it really needs to be woven into your identity. Like, I exercise because I am a healthy person or I want to feel healthy or whatever it is. Um, But I think understanding your reasons for wanting to up your fitness is important
1: and on that same token i think you have to believe it right um to be healthier right to feel healthier it's something that when you are putting fitness into your routine you need to embrace the suck for a while like do it until you feel good and then take a day off take a week off, and realize how crappy you feel. The same The same is true with diet, right? Like, if you eat really healthy, you may not notice the changes as drastically as you would if you then, after two or three weeks of eating really healthy, went and got an uh, entire pepperoni pizza for yourself. So just understanding these sorts of mindset tricks that go with all of this stuff so that you can really get in touch with that intrinsic motivation like you know it's good for you because you can feel it
0: yeah and I use that a lot in the morning when I do yoga because there are a lot of mornings where I would rather not get up you know early and do yoga but I have to always remind myself that like I do it because I love it, I do it because I'm a yogi, and I always feel better afterwards. Like, sometimes you have to look into the future a little bit, be like, okay, I don't want to do this now, but in, like, 30 minutes, I'm going to feel great and happy that I
1: did, you know? Absolutely. Good stuff. So, again, fitness, take it as you will. Again, we're not prescribing a specific program, but think about your time, think about what's going to motivate you, and try to add it in, guys. It's really important. Um, If you're not already doing something, start small. Uh, If you are doing something and you want to get better, think about what the natural progression is. Um, And with that, we'll move on to nutrition, um, which we've kind of talked about a little bit sprinkled throughout the episodes, so we won't beat a dead horse, so to say. Um, But again, when we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about, I, I think I've said it before on this podcast, if you go on the internet and you research different quote unquote diets, there will be six articles saying one thing is fantastic for you and another six saying the exact opposite that like you're killing yourself with that diet. So understanding that the research is sort of a kerfuffle of information, um, everybody's different, every body's, every person's body reacts differently to things. Just from like an inflammatory standpoint, things could cause inflammation in my body that don't cause inflammation in Emily's body. And trying to keep track and understand that is the first step towards eating healthier. It's not, oh, hey, you have to eat plant-based, or you have to have the carnivore diet, or, you know, the, in general, it is important to have more plant matter in your meals. There's a lot that supports that, but at the same time, it's not for everyone. So figure out what makes you feel good, and then try to remove the obstacles towards eating that way, right? Sometimes, you know, I know eating Lots of vegetables, a little starch, and like lean proteins makes me feel really good. And then I forget to go to the grocery store on Monday and stock my fridge with that stuff. And it's a huge barrier to actually implement that diet. Whereas if I go uh, on Monday and get all the stuff, or Sunday I spend the day meal prepping and all of my foods in the fridge ready to go, then the barrier is removed for I wanted to get committed to losing weight for my fight, I ordered a meal prepped service, everything was already put together for me because I haven't done plant based in, I think it's been seven or eight years since I was a vegetarian. So um, Mm -hmm. having this already put together let's get ideas of how I should eat and how I feel on it before I try to stress myself out by doing all the cooking myself.
0: That's really smart. Um, And I like what you said about using this meal prep service, or it's not even meal, like it's already fully prepared, It's prepared meals. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just kind of get an idea, especially because you enjoy cooking Um, and you're comfortable in the kitchen, like, oh, well, if I put these things together, like, it creates a full, balanced meal, right? So Mm -hmm. I liked that you mentioned that, Um, you know, because then you don't have to feel like you have to stay with that service forever, but you get your ideas, you figure it out, and carry
1: on. And it's a worthwhile investment, too. Like, sometimes those things feel expensive, but then if you break down how much you spend at a grocery store plus the times you eat out or even, like, grab a snack from Starbucks and you, like, actually look at what you're spending a week, it ends up being either cheaper or not more expensive and it's, you know, convenient and helpful, so. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, so, going along with my year of the twos, I am adding in with the meal prep thing is before I go to the grocery store, I am going to come up with two meals that I'm going to cook each week. Like, and I cook more than that, but I sometimes I go to the grocery store and I'm just like start buying stuff. But if I have like two recipes that I know I want to cook for dinner and write the list before I go to the store, and kind of stick to that list, I will probably end up buying a lot less unnecessary stuff. Um, So again, just using that two, I feel like that's a manageable number for me. And um, yeah, it's just a fun little way to make grocery
1: shopping more fun, as fun as grocery shopping can be, I guess. Um, Yeah, I love that. And again, any change that you're going to make, like, just know yourself, right? Don't immediately say, I'm going to, you know, I've been eating one way my whole life, and I'm just going to change everything all at once. Like, strict cold turkey isn't for everyone.
0: Yeah, and just as an example, you know, when I went to plant-based, I was able to cut meat out pretty much immediately. Cold turkey, the hardest part has been dairy because I am from Wisconsin. So I am a cheese head. Um, So, you know, when I'm at home, I've gotten to the point where it's simple enough for me to eat vegan. Like I know how to cook it and, you know, I like all of my options at home, but I do allow myself, um, to eat some dairy when I go out, um, for dinner. And it's like, if there's a good vegan option, I'll just go with that. But if there's not, and there's some dairy in it, I'm like, okay, you know, you don't have to be so strict that you can't continue to enjoy like, going out with friends and, and all of that. So
1: I've always loved that about Emily. When I first knew her, we probably knew each other for like two or three months. And we're out to dinner in Aiken. And Emily orders a, like, double bacon cheeseburger. And I literally look at my other friend sitting next to me, and I go, I thought Emily was a vegetarian. And Emily just said, she's like, if I get a hankering for it, I'm going to eat it, I'm not going to stress out about it, and it's going to help me sustain my lifestyle longer. And I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't – now my go-to is cheese versus, like, a (laughs) – double bacon cheeseburger but yeah like when I first was just vegetarian and not plant-based occasionally I would get a hankering for like a good burger um so
1: that was years ago
0: (laughs) it was years ago
1: but it's still funny it's a great story I love it
0: it is funny um
1: you know and so
0: cutting yourself slack not referring to the way that you eat as a diet I think is also important Um, because diet is just such a restrictive word and there's some stigma around it. And I think instead of diet, you have to think of it as a lifestyle. It's just like when you work in the horse industry, right? Like it's not really a job. It's a lifestyle. There's just like a lot that goes into it. Um, and I feel like that's the same with your nutritional choices.
1: I love it. And I think that's great. And I think that, you know, again, if anyone has any questions about specifics of nutrition, feel free to reach out. We're always um, happy to talk about our knowledge and our personal ideologies, but also, you know, reaching out again for help at getting a nutrition coach. It's never a bad idea to get input on how you should eat. There's so many ways that you can test what sits well in your body or, you know, like really get scientific about it so that you know that you're doing what's right. Because I think that's probably the biggest thing that causes anxiety around diets for me is I'm like, well, I'm following this really strictly, but like, what if I'm not doing it right? Or what if this isn't the right yeah. thing for me? Um, so having someone that will help you say like, no, it's okay. This is good. Um, and I think that transitions pretty well into our sort of short tip for community, which is to find an accountability buddy, right? Whether it's um, workouts, nutrition, mindset, any of these things, having someone, again, either a professional, a friend, a um, uh, some, sense of, okay, like, I'm not in this alone, I can do it together. Having accountability will foster connection. Um, If it's something for fitness, and it's going for a run at 6am, right? Having your friend waiting for you at the park at 6am is a huge motivator to, you know, make you complete the workout you intended to complete. If you wake up and you look at the clock and you're like, it's cold outside, I don't really want to do this today you'll probably just roll over and go back to sleep. But if you wake up and you say, I'm tired, it's cold, I don't want to do this, but Emily's there and she's going to do it and we're going to go do it together, that is going to help you achieve your goals a lot better. Um, And I think that a big theme is, especially for me in my life, is that sometimes I'll get so serious about a goal that I'll isolate myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But in... Part of the reason community is one of the whole equestrian's pillars is because there are scientific evidence proof to back up the fact that our need for social connection contributes to our health and well-being. So eating a super healthy diet, uh, exercising as much as you can, or you know getting the right no- amount of exercise a day, meditating daily... All of the good stuff that comes out of that could be negated if you feel socially disconnected. So to add to your health, make sure you're adding a sense of connection into each one of these goals, bringing together the full picture of health.
0: Yes, and just an example of how you can uh, use community, I think it's a fun one because I created it with some.
1: ego. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> you know, um, I forget, I think maybe Mel termed the, the event, but we have what's called twist and toast with my group of friends and riding buddies. So I lead a yoga class. My friend Amy sometimes throws little Pilates in there as well. And then at the end we get to toast, um, And that's just, you know, you could do anything like that. It could be a a night of running and then something. But it's just a way to um, get some fitness in with friends and also, like, just enjoy your community. So if you're in Aiken this winter and are interested in Twist and Toast, reach out to me and uh, I'll keep you posted. We've been a little bit um not as consistent with twist and toast, but I am going to commit to leading two each month. Hopefully more, but like again, I mean, going with the twos you, two each month.
1: You've really only been in Aiken for like 12 days so i wouldn't be too hard on yourself about the twist
0: and toast like not even
1: two weeks really have passed well i
0: mean like we did it in pennsylvania too and we've just gotten a little slack on our schedule but we're gonna ramp it back up
1: you can blame Um, covid was rampant just blame covid that is
0: that is true we can anything just
1: blame just blame covid so all right um well it's that time of the show uh do you have a training tip for the month emily I do. So, um, kind of basic,
0: but anyone, any discipline can do it. Uh, what I want you to do is take two ground poles and you're going to set them in a straight line, um, about four to six strides apart. You don't actually need to count your distances. Just set them far enough apart that you can get like multiple strides. Okay. And then what I want you to do is canter through the poles one time and just count how many strides you get. doesn't matter what the number is, but kind of get, like, your baseline. And then from there, you can add a stride. You can take away a stride. So say the first time you get five strides down your pole line, then you can try to open the stride up and get four and then come back around and um, collect it in six. And it seems really basic but it's so helpful again it's even if you're not a jumper you know you can understand your horse's stride length and you can understand how to control it um so that's just one of my favorite exercises and it's easy access most people have some poles laying around somewhere um, and you just need two Now, if you want to take it up a notch, uh, my other favorite exercise is to put four poles on like a 20-meter circle evenly spread out. And so it's the same idea with striding, but you you just stay on a circle. So say uh, you canter around and you get five strides between each pole. Then you can play with getting four around the whole circle and then six. And then if you get really fancy, you can do like four five six in between each section of poles um but those are just some fun things that are great to do uh in the winter time when you're working on the basics
1: very very good I used to love pole exercises like that I always felt them very educational and I felt uh I always was able to get more in tune with my horse through that definitely So what kind of grooming tip do you have for us? So I was trying to think something that could apply to everyone. And again, a little bit general, but I think super important in the horse world is to just stay on top of things. So whether you're, you know, someone who has just your own horse in your own private barn, if you're a client in someone's barn, or if you're a working student, we know that barns are inherently dirty and they have a huge potential to, you know, just be disastrous, right? You take a blanket off and if you don't fold it up right away, like all of a sudden it looks like the, there's a tornado that's blown up in the barn. So, when you're going through your day, just try to find ways to keep things organized so that you don't have to go back after yourself. And again, like I said, this is if you're a client, like you don't want to be a burden to the barn of, oh, you know, here's uh, Annabelle just leaving her stuff out again, like, you know, or, um, when you're that picking darn Annabelle, that darn Annabelle, <laughs> um, If you're picking feet, using a bucket or a feed bin to pick the feet into so that you're not spreading dirt all over the grooming area. Um, That is
0: my favorite hack, by the way.
1: I love that. I don't know Uh, why.
0: bucket? Yeah, everybody should do that, like, tomorrow.
1: It's literally, like, you save so much dirt on the ground, so much sweeping up and cleaning up at the end of the day that, like, that's probably... I should have just made that my grooming tip of the month. Yeah, because that's like the tip. That's man. it. Do it. But also, like, do things like fold the blanket, uh, put the saddle pad away. Like, if you take a bit off a horse, like, dunk the bit in water right away so it doesn't get grimy. Like, simple mm-hmm. things to keep yourself organized.
0: Yeah, that will save you time later. Yes. Love it. All right. So, what's next for the whole equestrian? Well we are hoping to do a clinic in Aiken probably the end of February or the beginning of March. We still have to kind of finalize some dates on the show schedule. Um, but if you're in Aiken this winter, we would love to meet you, see you, all the things, help you out. Um, it's probably going to be just an unmounted clinic is my thought. Um, So we'll do some yoga, and Tyler will work on the mindset aspect, and we'll have some community time with uh, some good healthy food as well. So thinking unmounted, and uh, if you do want to do something mounted, you can always reach out to me for lessons. I am
1: available. Me too, Emily. (laughs) you too no just kidding I don't teach horseback riding lessons I just thought that was funny (laughs) well you
0: you do sports psychology sessions yes
1: and I am wide open for those right now so if you're interested I'm trying to get as many hours to build my experience um so help me help you help me love it it's
0: all about community helping each other out
1: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, please email us at thewholeequestrian at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opportunities and input. um, And we've got some exciting stuff coming in the works, so stay tuned.
0: We hope that this episode gave you some inspiration for setting your intentions in
1: 2022. As always, we love to hear your feedback. Please reach out to us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Come join our private community, the whole equestrian community. Subscribe, rate, review, anything and everything, positive and negative. We accept it all. We do, and we accept
0: you, and thank you for being here. So that was my was that and was that you, Was that you saying thank you for listening? <laughs> that was the same as me saying thanks for listening, but slightly different. Okay. So let's try that again. Thanks for being here and listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.